Toronto FC, a team with a new direction after an off-season makeover. It's an all-Canadian affair. Matt working against Morgan. Puts it across the Lions! Yes! Marco DeVille! That's what we expected from him! To make those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime and I wanna spend some time with you just the two of us. And welcome to a special edition of the Two Saltines podcast. I'm Dwayne Rollins in Toronto with Kevin Laramie in Montreal. We have breaking news here this morning about the uh, BMO Field expansion and uh, what that might mean moving forward. Um, according to Cattell Kelly in the, of the Globe and Mail, uh, he, he had a report out today that said that uh, MLSE is now moving ahead with the expansion of BMO Field without federal involvement. And what that means in a practical sense from a TFC perspective, from an MLS perspective, is that the uh, Toronto Argonauts, the CFL team, is no longer part of the plans for BMO Field moving forward. Um, as a quick reminder, in the past, they were going to expand the, the stadium up to about 30,000 seats. They were going to put a roof on it around there. Uh, they were going to do a lot of lovely sort of changes to the concourse and that. Anyone who's been to BMO Field knows that uh, it's, it's a, bare, a basic bare-bones kind of stadium right now. They were going to sort of build it up and make it uh, closer to what you see in a New York or a Kansas City or whatever in MLS, one of the, one of the newer uh, soccer stadiums. But uh, to do that, they were also going to expand it, the field, the field length, uh, so that you could include CFL football in it. And that uh, caused a lot of controversy amongst TFC fans yeah. who felt that, for many reasons, it just was a bad fit. But as of right now, it looks like that is off the table, although there is a possibility it could come back on. This is an ever-moving story, but we're going to just briefly uh, talk about it today. No, but it's a good, it's a great news for every supporter out there, for soccer supporters, and even for away supporters who might have more place for them at BMO. Because it was getting hard now with all those BMO getting more popular this year. It's for good reasons. But it's a good news for uh, this stadium's going to be bigger and it's not going to be because of uh, Canadian football. So it's great. Yeah, and look, if I have any CFL listeners out there, and there are there is a little bit of crossover between TFC fans and, and Argos fans, um, this isn't about the Argos. This isn't about a distaste for CFL football. Uh, in, in my previous life as a as a sports writer, I wrote about uh, not CFL football, but the level below it. I wrote about CIS football a great deal. Uh, got to know a lot of CFL players through that. They were drafted out of the CIS ranks. I, I at one point, was uh, the guest of the Toronto Argonauts in a, in a game way back when, believe it or not. I watched a game from, from right behind the, uh, the Argos bench as uh, I had a friend that was uh, involved with the Argos at that time. So I have uh, a bit of a history with uh, with Canadian football and with CFL football, and and as someone who is you know a patriot kind of when it comes to sports, uh, I have always appreciated the Canadianness of it. I think there's something really valuable in having this Canadian only league, and I think obviously a franchise, a club, uh, the size of the Toronto Argonauts, the length of the Toronto Argonauts, I should say, they're over 100 years old, uh, the oldest. Um, or the oldest tackle football, professional tackle football team in the world. Think about that for a minute. The Toronto Argonauts are the oldest tackle football club in the world. Um, For them to, you know, to run into risk of of 
folding even with this. I don't like that. But I'm a soccer guy, and I'm a guy that's given a lot of energy and time to the sport over the years and understands just how destructive this potential plan was. Um, I think I'm going to, Kevin, we'll, we'll speak a little bit to why it was destructive and, yeah. and why this is it was exciting. Um, was it a battle between the, the the MLSC branch and the government, or was it literally MLSC was waiting for the news and we're tired to wait and like, let's let's move on? Well, yeah, I mean, what has happened here is that uh, they received backing from the, uh, the local government, from from the uh, municipality. The only the only opposing <laughs> vote was Rob Ford, <laughs> at any rate. Uh, of course, of course it fan, so he, But he just, just opposed the funding of a professional sports team was why he opposed it. Uh, the, the provincial government, who's under a current election, uh, the, uh, the Wynn government uh, here in Ontario is, is currently running an election campaign. They are leading in the polls. Uh, the, it looks very likely that there will be another minority government here in Ontario, but uh, we digress there. At any rate, they have supported it. I suspect the other two levels, uh, I'm not too sure about the NDP, but the other two levels might uh, support it if they were to get power, but it does look like a, it will be a minority, so I don't think there will be a problem at the provincial level. But the federal level, they balked at it. And this is something that a lot of us that have followed this closely expected might happen and that even was likely to happen. It's because the, the federal government government under Stephen Harper has policy of not giving money to professional sports teams for stadium expansions. It's just a straight policy. There's one exception to that, and that is if the stadium is attached to a university campus and is then also used for the betterment of um, of the school, the educational mm-hmm. institution. So when you see the expansion for the Winnipeg CFL Stadium, which is a beautiful stadium if you've ever seen it. The Montreal uh, McGill one as well. Yeah, that, that's all tied into to campus expansion. So BMO Field, as far as I know, is not on a university campus. You don't know whether <laughs> some entrepreneurial person wants to start the University of Exhibition Place or something. But, but however, at this point in time, it's not attached to an educational uh, institution. So... Based on the federal government's policy, they just never were going to get money from them. Mm-hmm. So that begs the question, Kevin, of whether this wasn't MLSC's ploy all along, was that they knew that they had to play nice with the local politicians who, who very much have a nostalgic attachment to the Argonauts, the idea of the Toronto Argonauts more than the actual Toronto Argonauts in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't be seen, MLSC can't be seen as the as the people that destroyed the Argonauts by not providing them with this, this opportunity to go into Beemo Field. But they just knew that if they put this plan on the table, that the feds would shoot it down and then they could throw their hands up and go, well, we, we got to move on. Yeah, the the way you say it, and now you make me realize it in hindsight, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And the way uh, LiWiki and all the MLSC branch uh, reacted to the situation in hindsight, it really did look like they were going to expect that. They were like, don't worry, we're going to do what's best for both fans, for both supporters section. Everybody's going to be happy. They knew it for sure. And for sure this. It was just for show now. Now that you mentioned that, it made me think that the whole situation was basically for show, just to make PR relations. Everybody knew that what was going to happen was this one. Yeah, it does. I, like, again, I, I've been preaching this from the get-go, and it's not a lot of people are up on, you know, not a lot of people are as geeky as me when it comes to, like, sports infrastructure yeah. or politics, right? So <laughs> th- this this policy wasn't widely known. I mean, if you listened hard enough, you could find it. At oh, yeah, but, and if you read between the lines, when everybody, Stephen Harper says, always no to the stadiums, you can figure it out. Yeah, so it, it was it was out there, but not everyone knew. 
So it made a lot of sense. And I mean, you know, the only other spin, if you want to spin it from the other side for a second, is that they, they've leaked the story today, uh, which is possible. Uh, Kelly, the Globe Mail, used to be Trump's star writer, uh, has been known to, to have some sources pretty high up in MLSE um, and has been known to be a bit of a trial balloon guy at times. Is a very good writer in a lot of ways, but uh, he's a bit of a trial balloon player in a lot of ways too. But we uh, we digress. Um, it could be that them leaking it out would hope to put pressure on the federal government so that they change their mind. But I just don't understand this. Think about this for a minute. If the federal government, the conservatives government, who has a very like kind of neoconservative kind of private sector wins, uh, public sector loses kind of attitude, a very um, right uh, right. Right spectrum of the politics. Yeah, Western based in their power too. Yes. Their most of their power is in Western Canada. They're going to bend the rules to give MLSE the biggest uh, private company in the country that's based out of Toronto. <laughs> they're going to give them money and like you. Can you imagine the you know conservative voter in rural Saskatchewan? Do you think that's going to play? No. I don't know. The only caveat to that is that the CFL does play in the West, so maybe they could be seen as trying to rise up the CFL. I don't know. But the, the bottom line is that at this point in time, it's not going to happen. The only – there is, as I said, there is a, the possibility of um, the expansion still occurring later on. Um, but well, but the, that would involve them moving the north end rather than the south end. The past deal was that they were going to blow the south end, which is where you see the Red Patch Boys, you sector, the supporters groups where they sit right now. Yeah. They were going to blast that section out. They were going to put it on rollers, and they were going to move it in and out uh, to accommodate the CFL uh, end zone. But now, in order to get a CFL uh, field in there, they would have to blast the north end out, which if those of you who have been in BMO Field know that there's an upper deck there already. Yeah. Um, the footprint is smaller there. There's a lot of space on the south end that they can move. They can adjust the roadway. They can push it back. There's just a lot of parking lot there that can be used and blasted out. There's just a ton of room to play with. Whereas the north room, you've got the food building, which is an historic building right behind it. Uh, you've got uh, just a very small footprint there. So to do what they need to do in the north end, engineerly, I'm not an engineer, but from an engineering perspective, it would be much more complicated and I suspect much more expensive. So uh, there, there is that as well. What does it mean, do you think, for uh, the soccer side of thing? Do you think the stadium is going to be even more soccer-specific with a, maybe a more intimate setting at BMO? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've been to a couple of the newer stadiums out there, and they're beautiful, and they're, they give better sight lines. So I, I would suspect that there, was, there would be some consideration with that. Now, they are going to work with the current footprint, so I don't know whether our sight lines would improve so much, but I think some of our experiences would improve. Um Toronto fans are quite rightly uh, criticized for not getting in their seats for, for kickoff sometimes, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that is just them not bothering to get out of the pub. Um, yeah, and, and the layout of the way the Beagle Field is uh, made, too, it's like a bottleneck at two inches. Yeah, it, that's what I was getting at. Part of it is the fault of the fan. I'm not going to dismiss that idea, but, <laughs> but there is... There is an element of truth to the idea that it's just hard to get in your seats as well. Uh, the concourses are very narrow right now. Uh, the bathrooms were designed for a stadium that's 4,000 seats smaller, uh, so there's less bathrooms in there. If you go to halftime, you have to, you know, you've had a couple of beer and you need to get rid of your beer. Uh, it might take you 30 minutes to get, you know, from your seat to the line to through the line and, and out back to your back to your seat, and, and you might miss some of the second half kickoff at that point. This is just legitimately logistical things. Uh, to get food in that place, uh, I, I can tell you that, um, you know, when I'm not in the press box over the past seven years, I've probably bought food at halftime once or twice because it's just next to impossible to get food in there at halftime. Yep. 
Um, they've added, you know, the easy, the only thing that's easy to buy at BMO's beer. <laughs> yeah, because they had like those small uh, stands all the way through the side of the of the concourses all around the stadium. Yeah, and I, I've and if you read my Twitter feed during a TFC game, I've been taken to taking photos of the concourse after kickoff. I sneak out and just take a shot. It's crazy how many people are still out there trying to get food, trying to get a beer, trying to go to the bathroom, trying to do all those things. And some of them are just showing up because they didn't leave the pub quick enough. But that's not, <laughs> we put that aside again. Um, so I think that anyway, the bottom line is what I'm saying is I think this will improve some of that. They'll make the concourses wider so that you can move a little bit more. They'll probably add some concessions. Uh, they'll add some bathrooms. Uh, they'll add some the bank machines. It's very very difficult to get cash in there too, um, and it'll just make things a little smoother that way. Uh, they're also going to add a roof. Uh, the roof is uh, going to be around the stadium. They're not going to close the stadium in, so it's a complete wall. There still will be those spaces in there, and uh, it was explained to me that, that there's some engineering reasons for that. Uh, but there will be a roof around it, so you'll get a little more noise. The echo will will help with that, and um, more to the point, it will keep the elements off the fans. And uh, down by the lake, the elements there can be pretty harsh at times. Uh, there's a little more rain than you get in the rest of the city. Uh, the sun is is outrageous in there, and the heat is summer because they play afternoon games for the most part. So uh, I've you know, as a man with limited hair, I've, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised I don't have melanoma from standing in those stands at this point. Maybe I do. I don't know. I should probably go see a doctor some someday. But anyway. Not to be dark. Uh, so there will be improvements like that. Um, what really worried, and I think we'll end it with this because we just want to do a quick little one today. What the biggest news out of this, though, is that without the Argos going in, and they, they have to move ahead right now because of the Pan Am Games, rugby is going to be played there, so they, they have to move ahead now. That's why this is so timely. Um, is that at least for another couple of years, we can guarantee that that will be a grass surface in there, and, and that is the most important thing. Uh, that we can stress. I'm not the kind of guy who does shameless plug, but so I'm not going to ask you, Dwayne, if your readers want to read about it, our listeners, I'm sorry, want to read about it. Where can they listen to it? What can we read? Yeah, you can go to the CanadianSoccerNews.com, uh, 24th Minute, uh, my blog there, and, and read the story I wrote on it today. It includes a link to the original story in the Global Mail, so you can read both my uh, my blog-style uh, kind of opinion mixed in with a fact <laughs> style that uh, that you see in uh, in blog writing, and you can just read the straight-up article that uh, that was written in, in the, the Globe and Mail as well and to get all the details there. So uh, with that, Kevin, I think that we'll take um, – well, to not take a break. We're going we're gonna to say goodbye uh, for this special edition, the special breaking news edition, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back later this week to wrap up the Voyager's Cup. We're going to have a three-week a three here, and uh, that's, that's going to be rare, but uh, that's what we're going to have. So thanks for listening, guys. And thank you again for your support. You can go to CNN, csndonations.com or uh, for uh, PayPal, dgrollins at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys. Good things might come to those who wait, but not for those who wait too late. We gotta go for all we know. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try.